Turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Last week we started, we introduced this series that we're going to be going through called Jesus is Greater Than Anything. That this is the theme of the book of Hebrews. That as each chapter unfolds, you'll see Jesus compared to, to many different things and, and Jesus elevated as greater, uh, more powerful, more authority, uh, more significance than anything else in life. And the goal for this is for us to, to take that truth and allow it to impact our lives. That if Jesus is truly greater than anything, do our lives reflect that? And are we convinced of that in our own lives? Today, we're going to be looking at chapter 1 of Hebrews. We're going to be going through, uh, through chapter 1 and actually into chapter 2, the first few verses of chapter 2. And in this passage, we are going to see that Jesus is greater than angels. Okay, now you may be thinking, why is this so important for us to learn? Of course Jesus is greater than the angels. Why does the author of Hebrews spend so much time talking about why Jesus is greater than the angels. I want you to stay with me because you're going to see why this is so incredibly important. It may seem like a really obvious answer, a really obvious question. Of course he's greater than the angels. Who would even doubt that? But when we consider the significance of of the fact that Jesus is greater than the angels, I hope by the end you'll understand why this is so important for us to grasp. When you think of an angel, how do you visualize it? What, 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 or maybe some common depictions of angels. Yeah, Brian. Something that's... Or there's usually two I ever get. Either the one that we normally get, like some young being with wings and a halo. Yeah. Or the more older, or the way that people used to be, as like some sort of purple and yellow creature. Yeah, okay. What else? Uh, what, how... How do you visualize? I, hear, I say, angel, what, what image just comes to your head? It's glowing. Okay. A person with wings. A person with wings. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of depictions of angels throughout the years. Of course, there's the cherub, you know. I highly doubt that that's what angels look like, right? Of course, I mean, you know, think about the, the, the shepherds in the field when the hosts of angels appear to them. If it was a bunch of little babies with little wings, right? And they say, fear not. I mean, I guess that would be kind of scary, honestly. If you're in the field and a host of flying babies up <laughs> here. <laughs> so, but that's not, that's not what, how the Bible describes angels. Um, there's, of course, the precious moments. You guys know what pe- precious moments, right? Precious moments Bible and stuff. There's a cute little angel. Again, if that showed up in the field and they're like, fear not, you'd be like, of course I wouldn't be afraid. It's so cute. You know, why would I be scared of that? The, the, thing, the, the image that pops in my mind is flannel graph. Anyone remember flannel graph? Know what flannel graph is? This is dating me. Okay. All right. I know. I know. Flannel graph was how, how they taught Sunday school lessons before technology. <laughs> before, before they used other stuff. It was this big like felt board, and then you'd put scenes up on it, and there'd be little felt characters that you would put up on those scenes. You know what I'm talking about now? Okay, all right. So when I think of angels, this is what I think of, right? Flannel graph, this um, random white dude with brown hair and gold wings. 
Um, again, that's not what angels look like. I hope you know that. All right. Now, sometimes, a lot of times in the Bible, um, angels appear as seemingly human beings. Um, and the, the people don't even realize they're angels until later. So sometimes they manifest themselves in that way. But when you look at the Bible descriptions of angels, okay, there is a reason why whenever they appear, they're like, don't be afraid, because they're fearful. Here's one artist's depiction um, of who, when they take the biblical accounts of angels, this was his best effort to visualize what angels look like. Hold on, there we go. Now, if you saw that, you'd be a little afraid, right? <laughs> you, have the, you have the head of the bull, the head of the lion. This is the one from Ezekiel, the, the wheel and the wheels within the wheels, and the wheels are covered with eyes and all this stuff. Creepy stuff. All right. Weird. Now, again, I don't think it looks just like that with, you know, those, those human eyeballs and all that. Um, but it is, frankly, pretty freaky. All right? I know. It's nice soothing music, though, you know? What's that? Oh, was my kids up there? Oh, all right. So angels are, angels are freaky, right? We, 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 we like to think of them as babies with wings or nice-looking people with blonde hair. But the, the biblical depiction of angels is something far more scary. There's a reason why when they appear, they have to say, fear not. Now imagine if you got a message from an angel, from one of those eyeball-looking things, and it appears to you, and they say, I have a message for you, Brian. Now, would you be a little attentive to that? Would you be paying attention? No, I would not. I'll be ready. <laughs> After you get over your, your fear, um, you definitely would not be just kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah, sure. I might listen to you. I might not. I don't know. No, you would pay attention because that carries a lot of weight. That carries a lot of authority. Last week, when we looked at the first few verses of Hebrews chapter 1, um, we saw that Jesus was greater than anything. Um, and today we're going to see in the rest of the passage that Jesus is better than the angels. Um, let's reread the first four verses again just to kind of set the stage. And then we'll jump into why it's so important um, to grasp the idea that Jesus is better than the angels. Let's start off in verse 1. We're just going to read these verses for review. Verse 1, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. And then for the rest of the chapter, he just goes into, he quotes verse after verse throughout the Old Testament to prove to you Jesus is better than the angels. And again, you may hear that and be like, of course, he's better than the angels. Why is this so important? Can't we just move on? Well, not so fast. It's actually really, 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 really important to know for sure that Jesus is better than the angels, and you'll see why. Yes, Jaden. Um, once we leave, you can just drop it in the box, okay? Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to read verse or, or chapter one uh, for the first few verses, and we are going to uh, see 
and hopefully prove um, that Jesus is better than the angels. And then in chapter 2, we're going to see why that is so important. Okay? When God created the world, he created a hierarchy of creation. Did you know that? Um, that there's, there's, there's God and then there's, there's a hierarchy below him um, in the created order. Um, so, all right, get rid of Christmas. All right, here's God, all right? Now, and here is um, humanity, here's us, okay? God created humanity, uh, below us would be the animals, all right? All that good stuff, right? So um, we are the, humanity is the crowning um, creation that, that God made, right? We're, we're more significant than animals. Who is above humanity but below God? Angels. Angels. Very good, John. All right. So here's the hierarchy. God created everything. He created angels. He created humanity. He created the animals. Um, angels are greater than humans. Humans are greater than animals. All right? So just keep that hierarchy in mind. Um, the highest form of his creation, these heavenly angels were tasked with serving God and serving humanity. And then below the angels are humanity. Um, listen to, actually turn over real quick to... Uh, Psalm chapter 8. Psalm 8. In which verse? Verses 4 and... Actually, we'll start in verse 3. Verse 3, 4, and 5. Psalm 8, 3, 4, 5. When I look at your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet... You have made him a little lower than the angels and have crowned him with glory and honor. Look in verse 6. You have given him dominion over the work of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We just saw the hierarchy right there. It says, God, you've made everything. What is man that you're mindful of him? You've made him a little bit lower than the angels, and you've crowned him with dominion over all of the living things in the world, right? There's the hierarchy. When we think about Jesus, where does he fall in this hierarchy? Well, he, we, we know Jesus is God, right? But what else do we know about Jesus? Who else was he? He was also a man, all right? So, Yes, G- yes, Jaden. Um, in the, and, um, he died on the cross yes, he did. And we're going to look at, especially at that next week, a lot about that next week. Um, so he's God. He's also man. So humanity is lower, a little lower than the angels. So where does Jesus fall in this? Is he lower than the angels? Or is he greater than the angels? Because in fact, later on, look at, we're going to give you a little teaser here. Look in chapter 2. 
Look in verse 9 of chapter 2. But we see him, that's Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death. Okay? So Jesus is God. For a little while he was made lower than the angels. So, again, we ask the question, is he better than angels? Is he greater than angels? Or is, he, is that different than him being lower than the angels? And, and he's going to spend all of chapter 1 talking about how important it is to know for sure that Jesus is better, greater than the angels. This argument is going to be really important to understand, especially for the original Jewish readers. This is the book to the Hebrews, the Jewish people. And we're going to see why that's important. So hang on, okay? We see the claim that Jesus is better than the angels in chapter 1, verse 4. Having become much superior to the angels, um, as the name he has inherited, inherited is more excellent than theirs. So how does the author back up this claim? There's three ways that he does this in chapter 1. First of all, in verse 5, he says Jesus is better than the angels due to his relationship to the Father. Okay, look in verse 5. He's going to start quoting a lot of verses and asking a lot of questions to prove his point. Verse 5, 4, to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you, or again... I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. So he says, Jesus is better than the angels. How do we know this? Because when God the Father looks at Jesus, he says, you are my son. Did he say that to any of the angels? No, he did not. So there's a distinction here. Jesus is better than the angels because only he can claim the title, the son of God. Okay? But why is this important, you ask? Hang on. We'll keep reading. We also see Jesus is better than the angels by the worship he receives. Look in verse 6. Again, when he, the Father, brings the firstborn, that's Jesus, into the world, he says, God says, let all God's angels worship him. Or of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. So we see that Jesus is better than the angels because God the Father commands his angels to worship the Son, to worship Jesus. So right there we see clearly Jesus is greater because he receives worship from the angels, not the other way around. But why is this important, you ask? Hang on, keep reading. Third way that we see that Jesus is better than the angels is by the power he possesses. Look in verse 8. So he says that in verse 7, the angels are ministers, they're servants. The word angels literally means messenger. That's what it is. Verse 8, but of the Son, Jesus, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Quick time out. If you want a verse that says clearly that Jesus is God, you have one right here in verse 8. Verse 8, it says... The Father says about the Son, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. So, God the Father calls Jesus God. Alright? Yeah, David. Is, so, on three, is, is two Ds the very 
No, that means verses. VV stands for verses, multiple verses. I don't know why VV stands for that, but that's, that's, that's what it is. Um, so we see that, that Jesus is the king in verses 8 through 9. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of, of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Verse 10. And you, Lord, laid the foundations of the earth in the beginning. Again, this is the Father talking about Jesus. Laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same. And your years have no end. Jesus is the good king we see in verses 8 through 9. He is the eternal creator. He doesn't change. And he's created all things. Verse 13, And to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Jesus is the good king. He's the eternal creator. He is the mighty conqueror. And no angel can claim any of those roles. Jesus is better than the angels because of his relationship to the Father, the worship he receives, and the power he Possesses. These are all quotations from Old Testament passages, primarily the Psalms, applied to Jesus Christ, spoken by God the Father. And all of these quotations are to say God the Father clearly views Jesus the Son much differently than he views the angels. He sees Jesus as far superior in every way to the angels. Now, is there any doubt in our minds that Jesus is better than the angels? Because we, we need to make sure we're clear on this before we move on. All right? so, so do you think they made a clear, convincing case in chapter 1? Jesus is better than angels. Yeah. I think so. So, let's see why this is so important. He just spent a whole chapter nailing this truth. That Jesus is greater than angels. Chapter 2 First word is therefore. therefore. That means that what we're going to read next is the reason why chapter 1 is so important. He lays all this out and says, because that is true, therefore, here's the application. Do you have a question, Rachel? Uh, I was just wondering if this whole argument still applies to the Yeah. Yeah, so I'd say we, we see that, that his status as God never changes, even when he's a man, right? So even as a man, he was, he was made lower than the angels for a little while, but that doesn't mean that he, doesn't mean that he was lesser than the angels. Does that make sense? So, so he was still fully God, fully man. Um, in the hierarchy of creation, he willingly kind of, you know, he, he willingly kind of did... This, whoop, right? Um, and, and lowered himself, taking upon him the form of a servant and was made the likeness of men. Um, but that doesn't change um, who he is in significance. Does that make sense? Form, yeah. versus, form versus being. Sure. Because he took the form of human doesn't mean that he's not God. Right, yeah. Now, he's a very unique being in the fact that he's fully God and fully man, and he's the only one like that. Um, but there was a way in which that he did, lo- I mean, the Bible does say he lowered himself below the angels. 
right? So he, he subjected himself in a way, but that didn't make him lose his godness, right? Um, and so, so he, he lowers himself willingly, and he subjects himself, but even in that state, as God and man, he is greater than the angels, right? Because none of the angels could ever do that. Um, but he does lower himself um, and, and humbles himself in a, in a powerful way. Um, okay, so verse 1, chapter 2. Therefore, since Jesus is better than the angels, greater than the angels, what should we do? We must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Okay. This is the application. Because Jesus is better than the angels, you better pay attention. You better pay attention. Why is that the application? Why is it that he, he spends this all this time pointing to how Jesus is greater than the angels, and then his, his conclusion is, because that's true, you better pay close attention. Why do you think that is? Yes? Can you go back to the other slide? Sure. Why do you think that is? Why is this the application? Since he's better than the angels, you better pay attention. What, 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 what do you think? What's the connection between those two? Any, any, any ideas? Rachel. Great, exactly, right? Again, go back to the beginning where, you know, big fearful angel, a bunch of eyes everywhere. And, you know, if, if you get a message from an angel, boy, you'd pay attention. Jesus says, okay, that's great. You'd pay attention. You should. Jesus is greater than angels. So you should pay, what does it say in verse 1? You must pay, must pay much closer attention to what you have heard. And it starts contrasting the message delivered by angels and the message delivered by Jesus. Now let's ask the question. What was the message Jesus delivered? The gospel, right? Um, Believe on me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, yet though he were dead, yet shall he live. Okay, so the message delivered by Jesus is the gospel. And that's what he's talking about when he says, pay close attention to what we have heard. Okay, so what we have heard is the message of Jesus, which is the gospel. Okay? Now here's, a, here's an interesting question. What was the message delivered by angels? Because it says in verse 2, for since the message delivered by angels proved to be reliable... So he seems to be pointing to a specific message that angels delivered that proved to be reliable. Does anyone want to venture a guess what that message was? Yeah. That was a message they, 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 they declared. That's, 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 a, that's a good guess. Um, I think he might be talking about something different, though. 
Yes, I think, that's, I think that is what he's, he's referring to. And let me show you why I think that. Um, look, look in Acts 7. Okay? Look in Acts chapter 7. Look in verse 51 of Acts 7. <clears throat> This is uh, Peter, no, Stephen? Stephen, yes, Stephen, uh, preaching. Um, Verse 51, he says, You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Okay? So right there in verse 53, he talks about how they received the law as delivered by angels, but they didn't keep it. Um, Over in Galatians chapter 3, you can turn there too if you like. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 19. Look what Paul says here. Galatians 3.19. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring, Jesus, should come to whom the promise has been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now the intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Okay, so this is what he's saying here. Why the law? He tells us why. And then says the law was put in place by angels, by an intermediary. Intermediary probably being Moses in that case, between God and men. So the Jewish readers, when they saw the message delivered by angels, you know what they were probably thinking of? They were probably thinking of the Old Testament law. And, and that fits even more perfectly when you read the rest of Hebrews. And he spends a lot of time contrasting Jesus to the Mosaic law, to the sacrifices, to the temple, all these Old Testament things. So... What is he arguing here to these Jewish readers? Okay, now, the message delivered by angels, the Mosaic law, you revere that, and it proved to be reliable, didn't it? It's true, it's from God. And you paid attention to that. You need to pay even more attention to the message of Jesus. Jesus is better than the angels. And he proves this by looking at two things. First of all, the reliability of these two messages. Okay, so we're back in Hebrews. The reliability of these two messages. He says that the message delivered by angels proved to be reliable. Okay, so the message, the law, is true. It's, it's reliable, proved to be true. Now remember, Jesus is better than angels. That means if the message of angels is reliable and true, you have even more reason to trust the message of Jesus. Because verse 3 and 4, he talks about the reliability of Jesus' message. Verse 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord. It was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So here's the reliability of Jesus' message. 
It was declared by the Lord. Jesus spoke the will of the Father. It was attested by those of us who heard. So the apostles who were witnesses of Jesus' life confirmed that message and passed it on. And while they were doing that, God also bore witness of that message by confirming it through miracles and signs and through the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's this hierarchy. This is an argumentation called from the lesser to the greater. And we're going to see this argument all throughout the book of Hebrews, so it's really important to get it. The argument of lesser to the greater is, if this lesser thing is true, then this greater thing is even more true, if you can say more true. Sure. But more, if this is significant, then this is even more significant. And he's going to contrast Jesus and these lesser things to highlight how Jesus is greater than everything. So we see the reliability of the message. The Mosaic law was reliable. Jesus' message, the gospel, was, is even of greater significance. And then this is really interesting. He also talks about the seriousness of the message. Look in verse 2, because we, here we see the seriousness of the angel's message. It was proved to be reliable in every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution. Okay, we can go to a lot of passages that describe the punishments for disregarding God's law. There's, there's, there's chapters and chapters of curses placed on those who reject the law of God. If the people of Israel ignored the law, they would be under a curse. Every transgression or dis- disobedience received a just retribution. So the message of angels was really serious. It wasn't to be taken lightly. If you dis- disregarded it, if you ignored it, you ignored it to your own peril. Now remember, Jesus is better than angels. That means if the message of angels had serious repercussions if you ignore it, it would make no sense to think that the message of Jesus has less repercussions for ignoring it. No, it's the exact opposite. There is greater repercussions. It's far more serious to reject the message of Jesus. Look at the beginning of verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Jesus comes as man and offers a great salvation. He says, I am offering myself in your place. I'm giving you newness of life. How shall we escape if we neglect that salvation? In other words, the message of Jesus is not just a take it or leave it thing. It's not just, oh, believe it if, it, if that works for you. Or I'm just going to casually believe it. We usually don't think of the gospel in terms of believe it or else. But that's exactly what he's saying here. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? There are repercussions. There are There are um, serious results of those who reject the message of Jesus Christ. We see the seriousness of the message. We see the the reliability of the message. And in all these cases, Jesus' message, the gospel, is of greater significance. It has more gravity, more weight, more seriousness. And that's why... Because Jesus is better than the angels, you had better pay attention to that message. Now, what what gets your attention? Like, 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 what what needs to be true about something that 
makes your ears perk up? What what could be some things that gets your attention? Do you think, Rachel? What's that? It needs to affect you. Yeah. So if you see a direct impact or effect on you personally, um, if you get that idea, man, you listen real good. What what else would uh, cause you to pay really close attention? Andrew. Flashing lights. <laughs> Flashing lights. What does that signify? Yeah, like either I'm getting pulled over or <laughs> there's an emergency. It, 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 it represents a seriousness. Like, okay, something, something big is going on. What else? Yeah. Yes, I can. I'm going too fast for you guys. Sorry about that. Have you ever... Um, you don't have to raise your hand. You're disregarded something someone says, not because of the message, but because who's saying it? Yes. So you don't have to say it out loud, guys. Come on. Yeah, we, we've all done that, right? Like someone else could say the exact same thing. And because we view them better, we hear that. We, take, we pay more attention to it, right? No. Exactly. Actually, for me. Okay. That's, some of us maybe, some of us not. Um, but the, the, we, it's just, I think it is fair to say that the, the deliverer of the message does make an impact on how we pay attention. What is your attention span? How closely are you paying attention to the message of Jesus? The, the, the message that he has died for you and that he has bought you with his own blood and he wants to, to, to purchase you for himself. He wants to rescue you from sin and he offers you new life. How close attention are you paying to that message? We get, who, who gets distracted easily? Okay, I'm raising my hand too. <laughs> we all get distracted easily. But a, perhaps that more important question, interesting question, is what gets your attention? Even if you can't focus on something for more than five seconds, there are some motivators that will grip your attention, no matter who you are. Maybe it's a topic that you love or you're super interested in, Right? Even if you have a short attention span, if it's something you love, man, you're zoom, zeroed in. If your life depends on it, okay, would that get your attention? Absolutely. If, you, if, you, if, if there was something, a message that your life depended on, I don't think you would say, well, I have a short attention span. You know, so I just can't remember, remember that. No, you're like, oh, man, I could die if I don't listen to this, so I'm going to pay attention. Or if it's someone super important or famous talking to you, right? If it's that, oh man, I'm going to pay attention to what they're going to say. When Jesus declares his message of salvation, how good is your attention span? Or do you hear it and then drift away from it? Chapter 2, verse 1 says, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard. Why? Lest we drift away from it. That's the tendency of our hearts. We hear the gospel. We hear the good news. We hear it all the time, don't we? We hear what Jesus did. We, Jesus did. We've heard it. It's not like we don't know the message. But we hear it, and then we just kind of drift away. Drift away from it. Think of the, 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 the parable of the seed, the soils, right? Some hear the word, and they receive it with gladness, but, but they don't have any roots, and so, and so they, they, they fade away. Pay close attention. Why? If a, if a big scary angel showed up and de- de- declared to you a message, you would be, you'd be paying attention. 
Jesus is so much greater than the angels. And he has come and he has declared a message to you. And he says, believe in me. Trust in me. Accept me as your Savior. And how shall you escape if you neglect that salvation? This isn't a take it or leave it thing. This is, I give my all to Jesus. He has my closest attention because he is greater than anything else. And if I don't pay attention, my heart's tendency is to drift away from it. Forget about it. Ignore it. Pretend like it's not that important. But because of who Jesus is, we should pay all the more closer attention to what we have heard. This is a great salvation. So pay attention to it. You know, it's, it's really easy to know the gospel, but not embrace it. To know the gospel and not pay close attention to it. And actually believe it for yourself. You've heard the message. Just consider who that message is coming from. Jesus, the Son of God, who is greater than the angels. The good King, the eternal Creator, the powerful Conqueror, has declared this message of salvation to you. It's not a take it or leave it. It's believe in me, this great salvation that I offer you, or suffer the judgment that comes from rejecting him. To reject the God of the universe is not a light matter. So pay close attention. And this is how the the author of Hebrews starts out this book. And we're going to start digging into some really deep stuff as he starts contrasting him to, to Moses, to the tabernacle, to the, to the priesthood, to these Old Testament things. And he's going to elevate Jesus far and above all those things. And here in chapter 2, he says one of the biggest applications is because of who Jesus is, pay close attention. All right? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this, this message that you have delivered to us. God, we... We acknowledge our heart's tendency to drift, to, to forget, to brush off as insignificant. Lord, I pray that you would help us remember that the message you have declared is of incredible significance. It's a serious message. It's a great message. It's a good news. But to reject that message has dire consequences. Lord, help us all to pay closer attention, that our, that our faith in you would not be some casual, comfortable thing that, that we just do because we were born in it or we're around it, but that we see Jesus for who he is and we see him in his glory and we see the, the power of his message and this greatness of his salvation and we pay attention to it. Lord, we thank you for, this, for the gospel. That although we're sinners, you have offered a great salvation by sending your son to die for us on the cross. And if, if, if anyone here hasn't embraced that fully for themselves, that they might pay close attention to the message so that they can embrace it and be saved. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you how it just it, it impacts our hearts and reminds us of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.